Praise the Lord, everybody. This is Brother J.W. Brand here at God's Whole Word here on this Friday. Amen. It's good to be with y'all. I'm glad to be able to just uh, come together one more time and uh, just to talk about the Word of God and where we've been at in our study. And uh, I, I'm just excited about uh, being able to do this. And I hope that we are an encouragement to those that uh, look forward to studying the Word of God with us, and we just, uh, we're glad to be here for y'all. And so with that, and without any further ado, we're going to go to the Lord, because we can't go to God's Word without going to the Lord, because He is the one that leads and guides us and directs us on the way. Dear Lord, we thank you for your Word. We truly do, because your Word is the guide for our lives. It is what gives us a map on how to walk on this earth and how to serve you and how to make it to heaven, hallelujah. And so, hallelujah. So we thank you for your word today from the deep depths of our soul, from the bottom depths of our heart, Lord, we thank you for preserving your word. And Lord, it doesn't matter that there are many out there say your word not preserved. We know better, Lord, and we thank you. Because we know the truth and we hope in you and your word. Thank you. Hallelujah. And so we ask you, Lord, nonetheless, today, that no less today, would you, God, come in and open up our eyes and our ears and help us to understand uh, through those spiritual eyes and ears the things that you would have us to know about your word today. We thank you, God, that you guide us in your love. Lord, we've been studying about your love. We've been looking at your word about what love really looks like. And so, God, we're going to go on with that again today. In the name of Jesus, we pray you'd lead us and guide us. May our heart be open to listen and to be obedient to what God says. In Jesus' name, amen, we pray. And so we move on uh, into uh, the Word of God. And we've been looking in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If you are new with us, uh, we here at God's whole Word, we've we got a mind uh, to do exactly that, to give uh, you out uh, God's whole word, not part of it, not not a fraction of it, uh, but the whole word of God. And so we want to get on with that and learn from that because the Bible says, uh, out of the mouth of Peter, uh, he said that God gives us everything that pertains to life and godliness, and we can absolutely... Uh, be assured of that, and as we study the Word of God, we find everything that we need for God, um, for life in God and serving Him, and how to live our lives is right here in the Word of God. Amen. And all we've got to do is allow the Lord to come in and open up our mind and our heart to see what God's got to say about something. Well, God's got a lot to say about loving. God's got a lot to say about what true love looks like. You know, the world got their own mind about what love looks like, and they got it all messed up. They've messed it up, and the reason why they messed it up is because they took God out of the out of the equation. They took him out of the picture. And you can't take God out of the picture and expect to have a right understanding of what, looks, what love looks like because that's not going to work. <coughs> and the reason why it ain't going to work is because love started with God. You, you can't take him out of the picture when he's the one that, that it came from in the first place. Amen and hallelujah. And because God loved us so much, he created us. He, he wanted 
fellowship with us. He wanted to uh, let us know he had plans for us. And he, he, he put us on an earth that was perfect in the beginning with Mama Eve and Daddy Adam up in the garden he did. And it was perfect. And then sin got in the way. You know, our foolish actions and behaviors separate us from God. But because God loved us, hallelujah, because he loved us with all of his heart and all of his mind and all of his strength. The Bible says, that for God so loved the world. Y'all know that scripture? Yes, you do. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. They said his only begotten son. Well, why did he do that? Because he loved us, hallelujah. And, and Jesus came to teach us and to help us understand what love really looks like. What it really, really looks like. And sometimes when you get down to the business of what the Bible says love looks like, some people go, oh, and you back up and say, I, I, I don't know if I can do that. I, I don't know if I can forgive my enemy because you don't know what they did to me. You don't know what they said to me. You don't know what they did to my children. You don't know what they did to my husband. You don't know what they did to my spouse or my wife or whatever going on. Whatever's going on. You say, I can't go down that road. Well, I'll tell you what, God has given us an example of true love, and we've got to follow it on. The Bible says you don't learn to forgive. If you don't do that, you're not going to be forgiven. The Father will not forgive us if we will not forgive others. It's just the mandate of the word. And we've got to follow that, and we've got to accept that, and be obedient to it, and love our enemies, and forgive them. Yes, yes, it's terrible some of the things that people have done to us. Yes, I understand that. I've had some awful, terrible, just, I mean, just flat out terrible things that people have done to me and said about me and on and on and on. But you know, I think if you get every human being together on the face of the earth, somebody's got a story. You know what I'm saying? And I don't mean story like a lie, but I mean a story about those things, about people that are not treating you like you want to be treated and loved like you want to be loved. Everybody got a story like that, you see. But how much you want to bet? God wasn't in the picture. Somehow he got kicked out. You say, well, some of this came from Christian folk. Oh, I understand that too. Been there, done that one. Yes, sir. Oh, I've been there down that road. Oh, yes, sir. I'll tell you what. But the bottom line is that when we step away from what God's called us to do, whether we claim to be Christian and we're just not listening to God for whatever reason because we're letting our flesh get in the way because we got mad at somebody or we got upset at somebody or we got stirred up in our soul because somebody did something or said something or maybe you just don't like their attitude towards you, whatever whatever it is, you know. We, 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 can, we can justify up one side and down the other everything we want to justify. But when the bottom line get down to it, the Lord is going to say to us when we meet him, how come you didn't hear my word and obey what I said? And love, you can't do without it. Hmm? You know, there was a song, and I said this the other day, you know, what's love got to do with it? Well, I'll tell you what, it means everything. If you ain't got love, you ain't got nothing, not a thing. That's what the Lord say. That's what he say out of the mouth of the apostle. You, you, if you don't love, you ain't got nothing, not a thing. And so everything has to be predicated upon your love. It's either the love for those around you, your love for your neighbors, and even love for your enemy. That's what the Lord said. But also, greater than anything that we can actually uh, say or do is our love towards God. Because if we really fall in love with the Lord, then everything else is going to fall into place and we're going to love people the way we're supposed to. 
we're going we're gonna to treat people the way we're supposed to. We're going to love them the way the Word of God says because we're going to look at the Word of God and we're going to say, well, what does the Lord say uh, that love looks like? And then you find out what it is and you say, well, okay, then I've got to obey that. No matter how, how painful it may be. I know, you know, I've, I've heard a, a story recently of somebody that was talking to me and they were telling me about a situation that came up and it was a really horrific situation absolutely horrific situation matter of fact uh somebody went to jail over this situation it was a very traumatic thing and it affected families it didn't affect just one family but it affected multiple families and it affected more than one church because the act was done by somebody that had claimed to be a christian and maybe at one time they were following the lord but they began to let the flesh take over then rather than staying full of the Holy Ghost. You know, just because you've been baptized with the Holy Ghost, you know, 25 years ago, if you don't stay full of the Holy Ghost, you're not going to keep up with what God wants you to do. And you know that. Now, you sit there and argue with it all you want, but it's the truth. Because you've got to stay full of the Holy Ghost in order to follow what the Lord wants you to do. What I, what I want and what you want ain't nothing to do with anything. But what does God want? And the only way we're going to know that is if we're full of His Spirit so that He can talk to us and say, okay, I know you got that thought in your head or you got that idea about this or that, but you're going to turn from that because you're full of my Spirit and I'm directing you not to go down that road and you can look at my Word and find it out. You see, that's what the Holy Ghost will do if we stay full of the Holy Ghost. It'll lead us away from those wicked, evil things. And then, you know, and then a Christian, somebody that once served the Lord wouldn't be sitting in no jail, you see. But when we don't stay full of the Holy Ghost, we're gonna, we're gonna, there's only one other direction you're going to go, and that is following your flesh. And I'll tell you what, when the devil sees you doing that, he's going to cap on it. Because he goes around seeking whom he may devour, and he's going to be looking for somebody. That's what the Bible says. That's the truth. And so, but if we get this love thing straight, you know, loving people the way we're supposed to, and loving God the way we're supposed to, it will all, I'm telling you what, if we get this love thing straight, everything will fall into place like it's supposed to. It's, it's going to do right. You're going to walk right. You're going to do right. You're going to talk right. You're going to live right. But you got to get that love thing in, in perspective, in, in God's perspective, not yours, not mine, not what I think about it. No. What I think about it don't mean do squat nitty ditty. Not a thing. Lord, I hope that not no cuss words. I said that before. Maybe I need to quit saying that. But anyhow. We've got to make up our mind that we're going to look to the Word of God and say, Lord, you guide me. You lead me. Now, you know what the problem is? I'll tell you what some of the problem is. Because a lot of people got this idea that this isn't the Word of God. Do you know there's even Christians that got this idea? Well, you know, part of it is and part of it's not. And da-da-da. And they'll reason in and reason out. Who are you? Who are you? Who am I to dare do something such as that? You say, well, I, I'm smart, boy. I, I've interviewed it and I've looked at it. You ain't done nothing but listen to the devil. If you think that you can sit there and part out what you think is right in God's word, I'm going to tell you what, you think your God is so weak, you think my God is so, so ignorantly weak that he can't preserve his word? Come on now. The Lord finally got, uh, you know, put it to put some... Well, when I say finally, you know, the Lord allows things to go on for a while. Don't you know that? He does. He's long-suffering and patient, and sometimes he just lets us go on and on and on. 
Why? Because he loves us and he's trying to be patient. Because if he let the holiness side of him take over uh, to the point of, uh, all right, they're not walking holy. Bam! And just knock you out. And you'll knock me out and we're gone and we ain't never going to exist again. You know, God could do that, but no. What he chooses to do is to say, look, I'm going to be, I'm going to be merciful. I'm going to be long-suffering. Now, why would God ask us to be long-suffering and merciful and loving to all people, including our enemies, if God's not like that himself? Well, we find in the Word of God that he is. You say, well, you know, I look in the Word of God and I see this and I see that. Listen, you know how many times people can sit there and justify certain things just because they don't even understand the Word and some of the Word they've read out of God's Word? Sometimes it's just because, and I don't, I, I, you know, I'm not saying this to be mean to you, but sometimes just plain out of our ignorance because we don't, you know, you're looking at the Word and you just see a certain passage of Scripture, maybe a chapter or two and, or something, and, and somebody say, see, look at that, look at that God. He was not no good God. He's not no this and that and the other. That's the devil wanting you to believe that. But you've got to get detail down. you you got to understand what was going on. you got to get it all. That's why the Bible says to rightly divide the Word of God. It does. You, you, can't, you can't know about the love of God if you don't rightly divide it. Otherwise, you won't make a mess out of things what's going to happen, and you can't do that. Well, you can if you want, but you're going to meet God, and then he's going to straighten it out, and then by then it's going to be too late for you if you don't repent because you got to repent before you meet him. All right, so we're going to move on. So we've been in chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians, which is a love chapter, and we have been camping out in verse 7. Now, when I say camping out, you know, we're just kind of hanging out here. And we've already discussed over the last couple of podcasts, the latest ones. We've been in this uh, chapter for a while. I'm not sure how many podcasts we've done already about um, this love thing we've been talking about here in chapter 13. But uh, you'll see it because uh, it's listed in the archives there, and, and it'll say continued, you know, what does God's love look like? That's what they're all uh uh, titled as basically is just what does God's love look like and um, in, and as we go through uh, we may give it a second title to it depending on what's going on well what I did was that when I got to verse 7 and I began to study this part to give y'all what I believe the Holy Ghost has given me to talk about was I noticed that in all four of these things he was explaining, it was saying uh, all things, all things, all things, all things. In other words, love beareth all things, love believeth all things, love hopeth all things, and love endureth all things. So what I, I decided to do is get that little extra in there and also a second title to it, uh, the all things of love, the all things of love. So now we're on the third thing. The first two we looked at was bearing all things and believing all things. And, and uh, I would encourage y'all to look at those um, podcasts so that you can get a better understanding if you're not sure about what it is. I'm not saying that I am, you know, the end all on teaching it all. I know there's some that would probably just do so much better justice than what I do. I, I get that. I know there's some great teachers out there, and that I'm, I'm thankful because I listen to them too, you know. But, uh, but I do want to bring what the Holy Ghost gives to, to me and the part that the Lord is talking to me to help you as well. And uh, so uh, looking at this, uh, we're going to uh, what is talking about the hope. Uh, love hope, hopes all things. Love hopes all things. Now, just like we were talking about <clears throat> when we talked last uh, time on this podcast believeth all things some people look at that and they say you mean i gotta believe everything and so i really would encourage you to look at that so you can see 
what what that's really talking about and i don't want to go into all that because we're going to go into this here uh, but um, anyway but it, it kind of goes along the same way with hope with all things you know some people they put hope in things that they'll not do and so this is not talking about hoping all things like you know some people they go down and they get themselves a lottery ticket and they say whoa i'm hoping whoa i'm a hoping yes and my hope's gonna lead me on and i got faith i'm gonna get a hundred million and whoa yeah well no woo nothing because you may do that and you may or may not win but you can sit there and hope all you want you may never win nothing you see but what i'm and that's not no you know word one way or another about the lottery i mean I, we're not even discussing that today that's a whole nother subject but anyway all right so love hope with all things now what does that mean what what is this talking about so hope with all things now when you look at the word hope and you find uh one of the greatest meanings there when you look this word up uh, that's here because this word come out of the Greek in the New Testament, which is written in Greek or some people that say Aramaic and, uh, you know, some things in Aramaic and Greek and, and that kind of thing. There is a few Hebrew words like the words that Jesus said on the cross and, and that kind of thing. But anyway, for, for just a, a simplified way of saying this, in the Greek, the word hope is translated. I'm not going to give you the Greek word because half the time I can't pronounce them correctly anyway. But the bottom line is that this word means trusting. Hoping means trusting. And so we've got to totally and completely put our trust in the Lord and put our trust in the things that his word says, uh, you know, so that we can put our hope in something. You've got to put your hope in something. You know, it is the truth. When people don't have hope, they don't have a vision. They don't have a mind to, to look at something. And I mean that uh, on, on a more simplified uh, way of looking at life. You know, I'm talking about people that ain't even Christian. You know, if they ain't got no hope, they get miserable. Why do you think so many people drink and, uh, and get drunk and, and do drugs and all that? And they're trying to just zone out because they ain't got no hope and nothing. All they're thinking about is, it's just another day, and I ain't got no hope in the end, and so they just uh, get themselves all whacked out on drugs and alcohol and all this kind of stuff because they've lost any hope. But those of us who serve the Lord, and we uh, certainly hope. Now, I know the podcast, we, we try our best to focus this on those and trying to encourage those that are walking with the Lord and trying to encourage you and help you in the Word of God and, and giving you some uh, some uh, Bible lesson on with that, uh, trying to you know feed the people. You know the Lord said to feed them, feed them His Word. That's that's how we get fed. We get fed by the Word of the Lord. And the Lord said to me, He said, I want to I want to feed them and I want to talk to them and I want to tell them what I said. And so I, I've endeavored to do that. And so we've got to learn to trust. In God, if we're going to be people that claim to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, you've got to have some hope in Him. You've got to learn to trust Him. And you know, there's so many people nowadays uh, that claim to be Christian, but they've got their hope in all other kind of things. they got their hope in their relationships, and when the relationship falls apart, they completely lose it. Because their hope is not set where it's supposed to be. And they say they're Christian, but you can find out where they really stand when everything else falls apart on them and then they, they can't even focus on the Lord because they never had their focus there in the first place. 
You see, when you get your focus on the Lord, when things fall apart around you, you keep your focus on the Lord, then you're able to get through, not because of your strength, but because you're leaning on Jesus to give you the strength to get on through. And that gives us hope, you see, because we've got hope that we're going to get through whatever trouble that we have found uh, in this life. And sometimes, you know, sometimes trouble comes that we didn't have nothing to do about. It was, you know, it had nothing to do with anything we did, but it just came at the back door or through the back door or right on in the front door. You know, I, I've had some things that have happened in my life. And I had nothing to do with that situation, and yet it came slamming right through my back door. It's like, what in the world? Why? And But then I have to say to the Lord, Lord, all I can do is look to you and trust you and hope in you and know you're going to get me through. And we've got to learn to do that. Now, the Bible says to hope all things. Hopeth, love, this is reflected towards God. Now, I know, uh, you know, some people say, well, this is all about just loving human beings. No, it's not. I beg to differ with y'all. If that's what you think, and if you, some of you teachers, if you're going to, you're going to uh, say, no, I, I don't agree with you, well, that's fine. you got your right to disagree. You won't disagree, that's fine. But I'm going to say to you right now, the love chapter is not just how we love others. It's also how we love God. Because if you, you look at verse 7, these things can reflect back on us as far as where our love is to God. You know why I say that? Because love beareth all things. In other words, whatever that God allows. Now, it's not like God is some mean old God that just uh, said, well, I'm going to send this terrible thing to that person. I'm going to send this terrible thing to that person and this terrible thing to that. God's not like that. But sometimes life comes. Why? Because we live in a life that's short and full of trouble. That's how life is. And we can't sit there and act like we don't understand that because if we do not understand that fact, we're going to get thrown off and we're going to think God just be mean and hateful. No, sometimes, sometimes life comes at us and it's just part of life and it's rough and it's difficult and it's troublesome. And sometimes the devil has got a mind to, to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what the Bible says. Well, he's always got a mind to steal, kill, and destroy. But the bottom line is sometimes he zeroes in on certain people. And I'll tell you what, the ones he wants to zero in is the one that made up their mind. You've made up your mind to serve the Lord. You've made up your mind to walk with Jesus. And the devil don't like that. He don't like that at all. Mm -mm, no, he don't, he don't want you to hope in God. And what he wants to do, do you know in the book of Revelation it says he's going to wear out the saints. He wants to wear the saints out. And we keep on hoping and, and trusting in the Lord. Well, the devil don't like that and he wants to wear us out. Well, I tell you what, we have got to understand the Bible says hope in all, all things. And, and, and you say, well, what, what exactly does it mean? In other words, no matter what comes, no matter what comes, no matter what is at the door, no matter what you face, and I know that the devil hears what I'm saying right now. But I have repeated these words before, and I know the devil come and slap me around, trying to slap me around and knock me around, and trying to steal, kill, and destroy me because of what I said to other people. I said, look, this is what happened. The devil, he's going to come to try to steal, kill, and destroy. But I'll tell you what, you got to hang on to your hope. And sure enough, as the world is round, don't you know you get tested sometimes? Yes, you do. You get tested. But you know what? If the Lord allows you to be put to the test, it means that he can see where you are. 
that, that he knows that you're able to trust him because you and I, we ain't got no strength on our own. If you think you, if you're trying to live by your own strength, that's the reason why you can't make it. That's the reason why you keep backsliding. If you're a backslider and you keep backsliding, the reason why is because you, you, you've not learned to put your faith completely and totally in the Lord. You've got your eye in the wrong direction. And you know why I can say that? Because I backslid not one time. I backslid several times before I understood that and before I learned that. And so I, I can say that with a surety. I'm not trying to be mean, no backslider, because I say, I'll tell you what, I got a burden for people that, that have gone on and, and, and they, they're out there in the world and, and they feel like they're floundering and maybe maybe there's other all kind of reasons, all kind of reasons. You know, you can just listen to the title of, of, uh, of, of, of our uh, Bible of worship services, excuse me, that we've got. And I would encourage you to look at those. Uh, you can go on to YouTube, and we have uh, our Sabbath worship services on Saturday, and uh, it's called the Eunuch Preacher. And yes, I did say that. That's what I said, the Eunuch Preacher, and that's uh, spelled uh, capital E and U N U C H, the Eunuch Preacher. And uh, and then we have Wednesday night Bible studies, and also found on the Eunuch Preacher on YouTube. So you can go there and you can look at those. And uh, I'll tell you what, we we just have wonderful time in the Lord, praising the Lord, worshiping God on our Sabbath services on Sunday. We just shout and dance and praise God and and just give God the glory. And then we have a message trying to reach the lost and um, and 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 just having a real a good time in the Lord. And then on Wednesdays we've got Bible studies. Uh, you know, where we get down to the Word of God and trying to encourage uh, those who are walking with the Lord to be strong in the Lord and to learn His Word and, and, and do those things. Because as we, you know, continue on with our walk with God, we've got to learn to hope in Him. You, you've got to learn to hope all, hope all things. Now, what is, what is it really trying to say here? Now, let's, let's look at the second thing about what we're talking about. The first thing was that we've got to totally and completely trust in the Lord and His Word. But the second thing is we've got to learn to expect with absolute pleasure in our soul. You say, why, why, why are you saying it like that? Because if you look the word up, you're going to find out, if you begin to search out, you're going to find out that the Lord wants us to expect with pleasure in our soul, with, with happiness and joy down in our soul, absolute pleasure inside of our soul, and believe in the promises that God has made to us. You know, God, God has given us promises and, and we can hope in those promises. And, and, and I think where some of the problem comes in is that, you know, maybe some folks, they've been so beat down by the devil and so worn out, and maybe everybody and his brother has left you, and, and you, you feel like you've been kicked. you already been thrown down by the devil, and then somebody else come along kicking you, and you feel like maybe everybody and his brother's against you. You know, your family's against you maybe, you your pastor, your, your own pastor, your, your church, and, and everything. You may feel all of those things. But I, I, I want to encourage you. I want to I say something to you. Put your hope back in the Lord. Hallelujah. Because I tell you what, there's hope in the Lord. Hallelujah. Because Jesus is our hope. He's our hope, and he is promised. I tell you, he's promised. And, and you say, how, how, how do you know these things? I know these things from personal experience of so many different things that I've dealt with in life. I'll tell you, you've got to learn to hope in Jesus and the promises that he's given in his word, no matter how bleak things may seem to be or may actually are. 
I don't want to minimize nobody's situation because sometimes, you know, some people say, well, that's just the way that you think it might be. No, sometimes it really is pretty bleak. But that's where hope comes in. That, that's the thing about hope. Now let's look at, um, let's, let's look at this uh, word hope. I want, I want us to go to book of Hebrews. We're going to go to the book of Hebrews today, folks. And I'm in the, in the King James Version. Y'all know I use the King James Version, not the New King James Version. I just use the King James Version. I got my reasons. Anyway, whenever I'm on this podcast or if I'm on the unit preacher and we're preaching and having a good time in our worship services or Bible study. All right, so Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You see, faith is actually evidence of things not seen. It's actually the evidence of things not seen. But, but it says faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the substance of things hoped for. What, is, what does that mean? Well, substance means your assurance and your confidence of something. Okay? So, so when you hear it say faith is the substance, it's, it's actually saying faith is your assurance and confidence in what you're hoping in. And so if you've got hope in Jesus Christ, you, you know there are certain things that, that the Lord has promised us. And you can squarely put your faith, you can absolutely, with no shadow of turning, put your faith in the things that Jesus says because Jesus will not lie. The Bible says God cannot lie. He's not going to lie to us. And you can put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and know that you will not be put to shame. You will not be put to shame. There may be times on this earth that we're going to deal with some things that actually has embarrassed us or maybe caused shame and all that. Kind of, but the Lord said, look, if you keep on pressing on with me, hold on to my Hallelujah. Thank you. Hold on to my hand and don't let me go. He said, you're not going to be ashamed. I, I, I'm going to hold on to you and I'm going to take care of you. And you can trust in the Lord and what he says. You can hope in those things. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So faith is the substance or it's the assurance or the confidence that you've got that what you're hoping for, that's, that's that evidence. You know it's real. You know what God has said is going to come to pass because his word cannot lie. You can put trust in him. And then God does this wonderful thing. He, he says in his word, he said in Acts chapter 5 and verse 32, he said he would give the Holy Ghost to those that obey him. And so that Holy Ghost, what it does, it gives you strength and it gives you power and it gives you anointing and it gives you everything that you need to get through whatever you're going through. You know why? Because the Bible says the Holy Ghost, you know what the Holy Ghost is? It's the Spirit of Jesus come inside you. Oh, yes, sir. Yeah, I know some of you preachers out there, you want to disagree with me, but I'll tell you what, Galatians chapter, come on now. All right, I'll get the word out. I'll break out the word. Break out the word. Hallelujah. Thank you. All right. It says in Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4, it says, And when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth the Son, made of a woman, made under the law. Verse 5. To redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Verse 6. And because your sons are the family of God, you've been put in the family of God, you've been adopted by God, God has sent forth this, the Spirit of His Son. And that word, Spirit, is in capital, and so is the word Son. The Spirit of His Son. The Spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it says, And we cry out, But Father, oh, hallelujah. 
Yes, sir. And you know why? Because Jesus is a mediator between us and God. And so we cry out, but Father, because the Spirit of God is inside of us through the Spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because why? How? Because he was glorified. He, he was, don't you know Jesus died on the cross and then he was in that grave and on the third day he rose up from the dead, he did. And then when he walked 40 days among the people and kept showing himself, even 500 people all at one time. You can't get that many people lie and say, oh, yeah, yeah, we all, uh, somewhere something's going to break down. i tell you what, the Lord showed himself and appeared himself enough that we can have hope in the fact that Jesus resurrected from the dead. Yes, he did. And because he resurrected, hallelujah, because he resurrected from the dead himself, you can know you're going to be resurrected one day. You can put your trust and your hope and your faith, hallelujah, that you're going to be resurrected because you put your faith in the one that was resurrected in the first place. Well, hallelujah, yes, sir. And then the thing it is, the last day the Lord was on the earth, he told those who were following him, he said, I want you to go to Jerusalem. And he said, you're going to wait there until the, you be endued with power from on high. And ten days later on the day of Pentecost, on that Sunday, hallelujah, the Lord sent down the spirit of the Almighty God. Now, when he came up out of the grave, don't you remember him telling Mary something? What did he say? He said, don't touch me. I, I haven't been glorified yet. You, you need to study that. You need to look at that. I, I'm going to tell you what. The Lord has got power, and he wants to give you that power. He will give you that power. He told them, he said, you're going to be endued. Go look up Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. You, he wants to endure you with power from on high. Do you think it's just for, for them and only those people? No. Look at Acts, Acts chapter 36 and 37 when he, Peter was talking to all these folks. As a matter of fact, you can look further up. And look at all the conversation he was having with them. Don't you know just a few, a few uh, weeks before that, when the Lord was arrested, Peter was scared out of his wits. But not now. He was full of power. Yes, he was. And he began to talk to these folks because they heard a rushing mighty wind of God's power come down. And they came to see what it was about. And all these people were speaking in tongues. God sent down that Holy Ghost. And Peter stood there and he told him, and they, you know, he began to say, look, you, you murdered him. You murdered the Messiah. But this is him right here. This is what was spoken of by John. Joel, the prophet Joel, that the Holy Ghost was going to come down. The Holy Ghost was going to be inside you. And there it is in Galatians chapter 4. And you read those verses. And that spirit is the spirit of the Son of the living God, Jesus Christ, down in your soul. You got hope living in your soul when you get baptized with the Holy Ghost. Yes, sir. You got hope and you can stay full of that power. And and God, you know, he's not one to say, I'm just going to give you just a teeny wee little bit. No, the more you seek, the more you'll get. God will give it to you. But you got to seek it. Amen. Those that seek, they shall find. And knock that door going to come open. Amen. Hallelujah. Because Jesus said so. And so we can hope. We can have hope, hallelujah, in the things that God says. And especially looking uh, at what we see happening in the life of Jesus Christ as the Messiah has come to the earth. 
God has sent forth his son. God has robed himself in flesh. God has fathered a body, don't you know? That's what it means. God fathered a body and put his spirit in there that we would be able to look and we would be able to see God come among us and live as a man and live a holy life separate from all sinners, the Bible said. Yes, sir. And because of his sacrifice, there was no guile found in his mouth. Jesus didn't sin. You can put your hope and trust in him. And you can know that his righteousness can be your righteousness if you will repent of your sins and let Jesus be your leader and your God and your God and your Messiah. Hallelujah. Your Lord, don't you know? Oh, yes. That's important. For him to be our Lord, it's important. You, you can't say you believe in Jesus, but you don't want him to be your Lord. Don't you know what that means? It means exactly what it sounds like. He's the Lord over your life. He's the Lord over my life. But we can put our trust and faith in him. We can put all hope in him. And whatever Jesus says, whatever the word of God says, listen to me. You know, Jesus said this when he was talking to the devil. Now you find this in Matthew chapter 4. If you go look up and you, you look it up where Jesus went into the wilderness and the devil's talking to him. And Jesus had for, fasted for 40 days. Now, I probably talked about this just not too long ago because we've been doing a study. But, but, but the thing is, the devil, he will come at us where he thinks we are most weak. That's what he's going to do. And he knew that Jesus was hungry. He knew that he had been fasting for 40 days. And he knew he was the son of God. The devil's not a fool. He knows Jesus is the son of God. And, and, and so he looked at me and said, well, you know, if you're the son of God, just go on ahead and turn these stones into bread. Well, the Lord had already fasted for 40 days. He knew, well, hey, I've done without food for 40 days right now. Uh-huh. Now, I'm not advocating for nobody running out and trying to fast for 40 days. That's a whole other issue. But what I'm saying is this. The Lord looked at him, and the Lord said to him, Thou shalt not live by bread alone. He was talking about food, actual food. He said, Thou shalt not live by bread alone, but by every word, by every word, by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Don't you know the New Testament didn't even exist at the time when Jesus said that? He, he was talking about the word that was there. But do you think that the Lord said that with, with some kind of, Oh, Jesus. You got somebody in the background raising their hand. Oh, Jesus, wait a minute. You told the devil that, but don't you know your word? It's not being preserved. Come on. Jesus knows what he's talking about. Stop listening to all these people that don't know what they're talking about. And yes, it took over 1,500 years, over 40 authors. Yes. Amen. The 66 books, but it's all one book. From Genesis to Revelation, it's one book. It is, hallelujah. But God took his time and God used men because he's a good God and loving God and wants us to be a part of his kingdom. And so he allowed that to be so. And so now God has given us a word through the Lord that we have hope. We've got hope. We've got hope. We've truly got a real living hope because we can put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Now, so, uh, you know, to expect something or to anticipate something. Listen, listen. That's the word expect. All right? It means to regard something surely to happen or to anticipate something that's coming. Now, we, we know the Lord has promised us eternal life. We've got to learn to hope in that. 
That's what's going to get us through some of the difficult times that we go through, is knowing that we have eternal life and trusting the Lord for the day that he says our time on this earth is up. Not We don't get to decide that. You and I don't get to decide that because we're not God. This is not our body, and so we don't get to decide that. The Bible tells us that in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19. It's not our body. So we don't get to choose that. Don't sit there and go say, well, I'm going to go meet the Lord early and try and take yourself out. No, you can't do that because it's not your body. You're not allowed to do that. But, but the thing of it is that we have got a hope in eternal life. Jesus has told us so many things that we could actually put our hope and trust in. You know, the Bible says that there's going to be no more tears, that there's going to be no more dying, there's going to be no more crying. Can you imagine no more dying? I mean, you know, honestly, come on, let's be honest. I mean, you can't say that you that people don't sit and think about death, okay? They, I mean, you may say, well, I ignore it, I ignore it. Well, okay, well, how do you know you ignore it? It must come to your mind for you to be able to ignore it in the first place because you can't ignore something that hasn't come there in the first place because you got to have it in your thoughts before you ignore it. You understand what I'm saying? So, y'all get what I mean? So, so the thing of it is that Everybody think about it once in a while. And and you can't you can't drive past no cemetery nowhere that it doesn't, you know, reflect the fact that there's death represented there. But but Jesus makes it clear. Those that will put their trust and faith in him, we're gonna live forever. And and yes, the body gonna go. The body's gonna die. But the Lord promises we're gonna those bodies gonna come up out of the grave one day. One day, yes, sir, and he's going to give us a new body. Now, in the meantime, our spirit's going to leave the body. When, when our spirit and, and body separate, the Bible talks about it. Now, I know the Jehovah Witnesses, they go around saying that's not true. Well, they're wrong. They're wrong because they got their own Bible. That's the reason why they can sit there and lie to you. But what I'm telling you is the Word of God, and I'm not trying to be mean to no Jehovah Witnesses. I've had Jehovah Witnesses in my family and everything, but I'm just telling you. You know, you got to look at the Word. God ain't got umpteen different words out there. Mm-hmm. Amen. Hallelujah. There's only one word. And so, but the bottom line is that Jesus, he gives us hope that one day, you know, the Apostle Paul, he said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Now, that can be a good thing or that can be a bad thing. Because if you're not ready to meet him, that's going to be a bad thing. Because you're going to be in the presence of the Lord. When you leave this body, you're going to be in the presence of the Lord, whether you like it or not. And so if there's some folks that are listening and you not haven't served the Lord or you maybe just stumbled on this, I don't know, I actually believe that people stumble on it, but I'm going to say it that way because some people say, oh, no, I, I didn't stumble. Well, I, I know you really didn't. Uh, I think God leads all things. So if you're listening, I'm hoping that I can say to you, listen, the Lord loves you. He really, really does. And I'll tell you what, it don't matter what you've done and what you said, but you do have to repent. We all do. And what that means is you got to turn from your sin. you got to say, Lord, I'm sorry. And if some of you, you claim to be a Christian and you've been living like a hypocrite, just a nasty old dirty hypocrite, you've been, you've been carrying the name of Jesus and you've been lying and stealing and cheating and adulterating and all that other stuff, you better turn around. And the Lord loves you too, but I'll tell you what, you're supposed to be representing the Lord. If you claim to be and you over in the church shouting hallelujah, and then next thing you know, through the week, you're just doing the devilish things. You know better. You know better, and you better get yourself straightened out. So I say that to those that claim to be walking a little bit more harsh than those that's never known the Lord. 
Okay, because you know, once you've been enlightened, you you better get on with that light. You you better you better stay in the light where he's in the light. Oh yes, you you better do that now. And so I want you to get straightened out. Those of you that maybe you've done, you know, some things you ought not have been done. You know what? Get off those stupid phones. I said it and I say it again. Get off those stupid phones. If those, those phones are causing you to sin, get off of them. Stop letting those things take you down to hell. Amen. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, uh, people don't need to use them and all that. I get that. I understand that. It took me a long time to get it, but I finally got that. But you know what? Dirty water and clean water can't come out the same faucet. That's what the Lord said, and I said it in a real simplistic way. But that that's basically it. So you can't have a bunch of dirty stuff coming off of there. You better clean that phone. Your phone better go into repentance. I'm telling you what, because it's attached to you and what you're looking up, and you know it. So if you claim to be a, a Christian, you you better clean that phone up, your computer and whatever else you got going on. Whatever you're looking up, it better be that you understand that Jesus is sitting there with you, especially those you've been filled with the Holy Ghost. You ought to know better. You ought to know better. But you know, the problem is people don't stay full of the Holy Ghost. If you get out and pray every day and talk to the Lord and seek His face every day, you know the Lord would lead you away from those things. You know that. But but you what, you got a mind to just keep on feeding the flesh? Well, that's going to send you to hell, don't you know? The Bible says it will. Because if we don't walk in the Spirit, what are we walking after? We're walking after the flesh. Look it up in the Scripture. Hmm? You, you walk after the flesh, it leads to death. Now, it's not talking about the body because everybody's body's going to die because of the sin that took place with Adam. It came down to everybody. So don't sit there and mumble and jumble. Oh, I was talking about death of body. No, it ain't. No, it ain't. Because we all die. Everybody. Don't sit there and think you're going to live forever. No, you're not. Don't sit there and tell yourself that lie. You're not going to live forever. I'm talking about in this body on this earth right now. That's what I'm talking about. Because the Bible talks about there's a second death. And if you're not going to walk in the Spirit, you're going to experience a second death, and that is a complete, absolute, total separation from God and His Spirit and everything that's holy and everything that's right and everything that is good. You will be separated from it, and you will be in a miserable, miserable existence for eternity. Now, I'm not, I'm not just saying that. I'm telling you it's in the Scripture. You say, oh, that's just fear tactic. You better believe it is because God has sent some words to put some fear down in our soul to get us to understand that He means business. He's not playing. And so for you that claim to be walking with the Lord, you better get on and walk with him if you're being a hypocrite. You better repent and turn around. Now, I'm going to try to get back to those of y'all that may be listening that you've never known the Lord. And you say, man, you sure were rough and tough with them. Well, I am. And, and I've had to be rough and tough with myself because I, I, I lived like a hypocrite for, for a long time. I know what I'm talking about. But going to church and, and worshiping God and not living like I ought to. Come on. I mean, we got to repent. We got to turn around. The Lord don't want us living like that. So, you know, you got to, the Bible says we got to clean things up, clean church up, get things straightened out. You can't live like that because you know what? The people like maybe y'all that maybe haven't known the Lord, you see people out living like a hypocrite and they say they're a Christian. What does that do to you? You know what it does to you. You you look at them and you think, what a phony. What a fake. What 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 a liar. And, 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 and why do I want what they have if they're just acting like me anyhow? You know full well that's what you would think. And so I want to encourage you, those of you who never known the Lord, and maybe you're an atheist, I don't know. Don't you know, Mr. Atheist and Ms. Atheist, don't you know that God loves you? 
He loves you. You can sit there and say you don't exist all you want, but he loves you. He knows you exist because he created you. And he loves you more than you would ever, ever know. I'm telling you, it's the truth. He loves you so much that he died for you. Now, you can believe that or you can decide not to. That is your choice. And you know why you have that choice? Because God gave it to you. He could have made you and I like a robot, but he didn't do that. And he didn't because he loved us and he wanted us to make a choice to serve him or not. Because he's not going to force nobody to serve him. But the problem with not serving the Lord is we don't get to choose the consequence that comes because we failed to heed to him. Because, see, the Lord can't do anything but what's holy and what's right. And God will be patient and he'll be long-suffering and he'll be kind with us and give us time and time and time again to try to get things straightened out. And he loves you. He, he wants you to know that he loves you and he cares about you and he wants you to be saved. Now, for any of you that are backsliders, I wouldn't, when I was talking about them hypocrites, I wasn't talking about just a backslider. Well, a hypocrite is a backslider in a different way. But the backslider that, you know, you just walked out and you left and you haven't been back for years maybe or months, who knows. You, you know, the Lord loved you too. He wants you back. He... And, and yes, I understand. Maybe somebody hurt you. I get, I've been hurt so much, it's not even funny. I, I understand those things. I do. But that's why the Lord said, you know what? You need to go and you need to tell people because they need to understand, look, there's other people out there that's been through pain and they've been through suffering, even at the hands of people that, that you know, you thought they loved you and, uh, and all of that. And you put your trust in them and they just tear, you, tear it up, just absolutely rip it up to pieces. And you have a hard time trusting folks. I, I get that. And I, I know that it's true because I, I had to deal with those things myself. But listen, the Lord loves you. He really, really does. And he wants you to make your way back to him if you backslidden. And you know if you backslid or not. Come on. Come on. Every backslider knows whether they backslid or not. Now, I've heard some people say, oh, some, some preachers say, well, they're, they're so blind they don't know. Well, I think that you might be blind to some things like well you might be blinded to certain things that satan tried to fool you with after you backslid but you i think really do understand whether you backslid or not now if i'm wrong then may the lord correct me because i'm yeah, i'm ready for correction if i need it but i uh, i honestly think that most backsliders down way down deep in their soul they really know that they are backslid even if they are blind to certain things around them that satan has blinded them with now, I'd like us, before we end this podcast, I want to look at a couple more scripture. I'd like to go to the book of Psalms, or book of Psalms, excuse me. I know I used to call it the book of Psalms, but that's not correct. It's actually the book of Psalms. And one long song to God. Hallelujah. All right, so I'd like to look at Psalm 31 and verse 2. Uh Let's see if I got the right verse here. Hold on a second. Um, 31. Well, that wouldn't. I wrote it down, and I wrote it down incorrectly for that one. So please forgive me. And this is a podcast, and I sure would hope that I would not make such a mistake while I'm preaching. I'm bad enough that I'd do it here on the podcast. And I'm trying to look and see if I can where it was. I must have marked it down wrong. Um, Lord, help me, Jesus, here. 
Thirty-one, two. All right. What I'm gonna do? I'm gonna go ahead and move on to verse thirty-three, or chapter thirty-three and verse eighteen. Chapter thirty-three and verse eighteen. All right. So chapter thirty-three and verse eighteen. What it says: Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear Him, and upon them that hope in His mercy. That hope in His mercy. You know, that that is the thing that Christians really, really probably hope in more than anything is in the mercy of God. And why is that? Because we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God and we show enough need to God's mercy. We need God's mercy. We need Him to come in and to forgive us and, and help us through our trouble and our stri- you know, struggles and, and battles and everything. And whatever it is that we've... Uh, failed him in you know wherever our life has failed to meet uh, those things that we should uh, be doing and honoring God and serving him with all of our heart or maybe just uh, coming to him for the very first time you know we've got a load of sin on our back I remember when I got saved and uh, you know when I first got saved and 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 it was like a load off of my back when I just gave myself to the Lord and I knew that he was going to be carrying my burden but I was dependent on his mercy I, I really was dependent on his mercy because I thought man I, I some of the things that I know that I've thought and 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 done over the course of my life I thought the Lord he is as holy as he is and as good as he is why would he want me but the Lord just lets us to know look I've got mercy and 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 he, he doesn't just have just a little bit of mercy it's 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 mercy that is full of his loving kindness his mercy is full of his loving kindness that that is uh, what jesus is all about is being full of his love and uh, loving kindness and i i want to also move over now that's in the old testament i'd like to move over into the new testament and go uh, to the book of titus it's called the book of titus and uh, i want to look at a and I'm praying I got the right verse here. Lord, help me. Sometimes I get to studying and I get as many scriptures as I can. And sometimes I I don't. I know I don't. I know some people talk about, you know, numbers and letters moving and that kind of thing. I don't know if that's my problem or what it is. But sometimes I mark the wrong thing down. All right. So uh, Titus chapter 1 and verses 1 and 2. All right. Okay, this is the correct one for this one. Now, so Titus, and that's spelled T-I-T-U-S. For any of y'all that may be new and you don't know, it's in the New Testament. And if you go to the book of Revelation, then back up. Slowly back up from the book of Revelation, and you'll you'll find the book of Titus. It's a little book. It's, it's a little bit. Because, see, we say that the Bible is one whole book, but it's got 66 little books in it, in other words. That's an easy way to understand it. Because I don't want anything to be difficult. There's no sense in the Word of God being difficult for people. you you got to give people the Word of God in simplistic terms because, uh, you know, and you say, well, I might have somebody of a higher echelon of education. Well, you might. But you better understand that there's all kinds of people in there that are going to need to hear also and, and those that, that need a word to be said in a more 
um, simplistic term, and it probably makes it easy for everybody because everybody would understand it. If somebody that's a, of a higher echelon of education, if you can't understand something simplistic, then you probably should get to praying and ask God to help you open up your eyes because that means you're up there too high up in the sky with your thinking. Amen and hallelujah. All right, so chapter 1 of the book of Titus in verses 1 and 2, and it says Paul. Now, the apostle Paul wrote this, and he wrote it to Titus. It was a letter to Titus. And he says, uh, Paul, a servant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect. Now, this is according to the faith that uh, God's elect is, is the, the people that God have chosen, in other words. And the acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness. Are you hearing that? The truth which is after godliness. Don't let nobody fool you and think that the truth is held in ungodliness. No, it is not. You, you're going to have to find you a preacher or a pastor that's going to teach you godliness and holiness because the truth is after godliness. And then in verse 2, it says, in hope of eternal life. We've got hope of eternal life. See, we, uh, over in the Old Testament, uh, it was talking about in verse uh, chapter 33 and verse 18 that we hope in His mercy, which means loving kindness. We hope in that. We, we need God's mercy and we need His love and I thank Him, hallelujah, for that love and that mercy. But now here it says that in, we, we've got hope of eternal life. And then it says, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. God promised before the world even began. You said, why did God do that? Because he knew we were going to fail. He knew. You said, well, why did he create us? Because he loves us. And he's got so many wonderful plans. But he knew that we were going to fail. And because of his holiness, there had to be a plan in place. And so he did. He put a plan in place. And we've got hope for eternal life. Because God said, I'm going to give that to you. Now, when Adam and Eve, mom and daddy in the garden. That's what I call them, mom and daddy in the garden. Adam and Eve. You know, when they were put in that garden, they were going to live forever. And a lot of people don't understand that. They don't know that. But, but when, when, they, when they sinned, you know, don't just put all the blame on Eve. Don't do that. Don't put it all on Mama. Uh-uh. No, because Daddy shouldn't because it wasn't until Daddy took the bite, Daddy Adam took the bite, and then it caused everybody to fall, and death came to everybody because of Daddy. Now, don't be all mad at Daddy neither, because you know what? We all sin. Bible said we all sin comes short of God. So if it wasn't them, it was going to be somebody else. And you say, well, why would God do it? Because he created us to have ourselves as a free moral agent. You were given the freedom to live how you want to live. But that leads us into choosing either the flesh and the ways of the flesh or the ways of God. And the very first thing that our flesh is going to do is going to go after the things of the flesh because, because we, we, the Bible says the flesh is the enemy of God. So it just, it was inevitable. But God said, look, I'm going to create them to be free moral agents. They get to choose. But I'm going to make a way for eternal life and I'm going to make sure that everything is going to be given to them that they need if they will accept it, if they'll take it. And I'm going to give them eternal life. And so we have hope of that. We have hope of God's mercy. We have hope of God's loving kindness. We have hope of eternal life because the Lord, He cannot lie. And He's promised this, hallelujah, a long time ago. It was before the world began. Now, if we look at that and we listen to some of these scientists, they say the world has been going around for billions of years. Can you imagine? 
I mean, if that's so, then look how long ago God made the promise. Hmm? Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. And so, I'd like to finish this up, if we will. Can we go to uh, the book of Hebrews once again? But this time, and what you're going to do is you're going to back up. Now, if you're in Titus, back up. And there's this little book called Philemon or Philemon. Some people call it Philemon. Some people call it Philemon. And it's just one chapter. But that's a really good book that uh, helps us to understand what what uh, the issue of slavery. All right? And we're going to talk about that sometime because a lot of people, they got things twisted up. And, and some people will slam the word of God because they think uh, God's okay and all that with slavery. And, all. and this book right here, it just wipes all that right on out through uh, our uh, acceptance of the Lord Jesus Christ in our life. All right, let's go to Hebrew chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. And uh, let's see, we'll get to chapter 6 here. All right. So Hebrews chapter uh, 6, and look at verses 9 through 12. What does it say? If you got the King James Version, and you're in chapter 6, 9 through 12. All right? Make sure I got the right, right thing here. Yeah, chapter 6. All right. So it says, But beloved, we are persuaded better things of you, and things that accompany salvation. There are some things that accompany salvation. In other words, once you've been saved, you can't just keep living like the devil. No. The Lord's going to give you a mind and a heart to want to do the things that are right. But you can't get good without getting God. We get God to get good. We don't get good to get God. It don't work that way. That's the way my aunt says it. You get good. You get God to get good. You don't get good good to get God. You can't go around and and, and clean your life all up just so you can try to make yourself perfect before God. No, you got to come bring your mess to God and, and just lay it at His feet and repent of it and say, Lord, I'm sorry. And you may not even know everything you need to repent of because some people, you know, as a matter of fact, I think that's the way it is with most of us. Some, some things we've done not even realize we did. And so we've got to just give it all to Him and just say, Lord, I'm sorry. Please lead me. And so it says here that there are things that accompany salvation. He said, but Beloved, we are persuaded better things of you and things that accompany salvation, though we thus speak. All right? And what it means is better things of you than what you would have read ahead of that. Because what you see in the beginning of chapter 6, it was a warning against backsliding, basically, is what it was. That's a simplistic way of putting it. But he said in verse 9, he said, We're persuaded of better things of you and, and the things that accompany salvation. Because, you know, he said those, the word of God says those that lie, lie no more. Those that steal, steal no more. God expects us to, uh, to begin. Now, and, and don't, don't get the cart before the horse. You've got to just repent first. Don't, don't say, I'm going to clean. No, you've got to repent first. You've got to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior because there's no other Savior. Jesus is the only way to the Father. He said, it does with his words. He said, nobody's going to get to the Father but through him. You can't do it. You've got to go through Jesus. You cannot go through some other way. You've got to go through Jesus. But the other thing is, you cannot get yourself holy enough to meet Jesus. That's not going to happen. And so you've got to come to him humble and say, look, Lord, I'm a mess. I'm a sinner. I'm sorry. Please forgive me and help me to clean this mess up. And God will do that. And so verse 10, it says, 
For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love. Now, once you get to serve in the Lord and you begin to serve him, some sometimes we get kind of worn out. We get to serve in the Lord and we get to doing what we got to do. And sometimes we feel like that people don't appreciate us and all the hard work we do and all the time we spend in the word serving and, and praying and, and all the things that we do. And we feel like people just take advantage of us and all that kind of thing. Maybe some of you, you feel like people taking advantage. You being nice to them and then next thing you know, they're just using you and using you. And you just feel, you know, kind of worn out and left out in the cold, so to speak. You know what I mean? And, and so verse 10, he said, For God is not unrighteous to forgive, forget your work uh, and your labor of love. God's not going to forget the things you've done. Now, maybe some folks will down here on this earth, but God is not going to forget. I promise you he won't. Because God, hallelujah, God is a God, hallelujah. He is the best accountant that ever would live. Oh, yes, sir. God knows how to keep an account straight. And you say, but there's so many of us. I know that. Isn't that a wonderful God we serve? What a mighty God that he's able to even count the hairs on every last one of our heads and know the account of every one. You lose a hair from brushing your hair, God's going to know the count. You and I can't do that, but God sure enough can. Because he's a mighty God. He's not going to forget your work and your labor of love. Don't you worry about that. And then in verse 10 it says also, which he have showed towards his name. You know, you, you're serving God and, and you're doing the things that you're doing. You're working for the Lord and you're showing kindness to others and you're loving people like you ought to because you know that, that the name of the Lord is so important to you because you, you serve Him. You serve that name. You worship the Lord. You worship Jesus Christ. He is the most important thing that ever existed for you. And so... He said, which you have showed towards his name. You, you've done those things, and God's not going to forget it. In that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. You've been working hard, maybe. Maybe you've been giving yourself, and you just have just, maybe you're a pastor. All right? And, and you know what? And you've counseled with people, and, and, and you've taken so much time studying the word, and you've done everything you can to keep your family together. And, and you spend so much time in, the, in, in prayer with the Lord and it just seems like one thing or another is falling apart. And, and, and then you almost feel like you feel the devil sitting in the back of the church uh, sanctuary laughing his head off. I've had, that, I've had that happen to me before. Oh yeah, I could almost visualize the devil in the back of the church one time laughing and I just stopped it in the middle of the church and I said, devil, you better stop that laughing in Jesus' name. Get out of here. And I tell you what, God uh, did a work in that uh, worship service that day or that evening. Uh, so, you know, but maybe you have just worked yourself to the bone. You've done everything that you know to do as a pastor, or maybe uh, you know, maybe you're a pastor of pastors. Maybe you've been trying to lead folk, and 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 you see people just going off to the left and going off to the right, and just losing uh, every bit of spiritual guidance they ever were taught, and it's just a frustrating. You don't know what to do. See, but the Lord says, he said, look, he said, I've seen that you've ministered to the saints. I say, he said, I see that you're doing it. You're, you're in active duty of ministry. All right. And God has seen it. He's not blind to what you've done. You just, you keep hanging on. You keep on doing what God has called you to do. Because sometimes, you know, if you look at what the Lord told Jeremiah, 
and, and, and look what he told Ezekiel. You know, sometimes you may be preaching something and teaching something. You don't know how it's going to fall. You don't know if it's going to fall on good ground or not, or if it's just going to just, you know, the wind's just going to come along, blow it away, and, and, and take half the church with them. You know what I'm saying? It's frustrating. But you keep on hanging on. You keep on doing, hallelujah. You keep on serving God and doing the ministry and having faith in God and hoping in him. You got a hope, hallelujah, in the things that God has promised. Because he said, I, I have seen your labor of love. I've seen what you've done. Don't you think for one minute God's not, uh, that he's just ignored you. No, he sees what you've done. You just keep hoping in God and trusting God. He's going to keep an account. Yes, he is. Hallelujah. Thank you. God give them strength. In verse 11, it says, And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. Hope unto the end. Do not let go of your hope. Keep on hoping in Jesus. Amen. Because we've got a hope that endures. Because when we get over yonder, when we get over yonder and we see his face, everything, I say everything is going to be all right. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Everything is going to be all right. Amen. So you got to keep hoping in Jesus. Keep hoping in everything that is promised. Keep holding on and keep hoping in all things that the Lord has said. And God will reward you. Yes, he will. So with that said, I won't pray for some folks right now before we close this podcast. I know it's been a long one, longer than what we're usually doing, but I won't pray for some folks. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for the privilege and the opportunity to delve into your word. And Lord, we see that love hopes all things. If we're really going to love you, Lord, like we say we do, we're going to hope in everything that you said. We truly are. But Lord, you know, sometimes we get down here, we, we're here on this earth and and we get tired and our, our, you know, the flesh and dealing with folks and all the things that we struggle to do in ministry or maybe just walking for the Lord, working for the Lord, serving God, just living for you, Lord. And some people just want to beat you down. Because you're trying, we're trying to serve you and we're trying to please you. And some people, even people that claim to be Christian, Lord, they just they just want to knock you down. And Lord, I, I, I'm asking you, God, to help every one of these folks that are listening that need strength. Lord, I just feel like there's somebody that just really needs a touch of your spirit, God, to help them. They are just weakened down to the point of just feeling like they want to give up. But I'm asking you, Lord, to strengthen them. And I know you will. I know you can. And I know I, I can put my hope and trust in this and know that you hear my prayer and that, Lord, you're going to go to them right now and you're going to touch whoever they are. You're going to touch them and you're going to, hallelujah, and you're going to give them strength right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And the Spirit of God, let it go in, Lord, their mind and their heart to strengthen them with such a powerful strength and an anointing hallelujah oh an anointing straight out of heaven lord hallelujah to help them get through to help them get through the next day to keep on hoping to keep on trusting in you lord in jesus name we pray and i pray that you've been blessed today may god keep you i love you with the love of the lord may the lord just continue to bless you and bless your weekend and I, again, want to encourage y'all, we're going to have worship service 
We've got a Sabbath worship service coming up. And uh, you look up the eunuch preacher. That's uh, capital E-U-N-U-C-H, the eunuch preacher. And we also have Bible studies on Wednesday night. Uh, and uh, it's also the eunuch preacher. But you'll see it'll say Wednesday night Bible study, or it'll just say Wednesday Bible study, I think. It might say Wednesday night Bible study. I can't remember exactly what it, how it's worded. But um, the Sabbath service, it'll say Sabbath worship service on there. And uh, we in the Sabbath worship service, uh, it's a much longer worship service. We've got singing, and and uh, we just uh, you know really have a good time worshiping the Lord, and and have a message to reach the lost, and all of that, and just just uh, really having a good time in Jesus. And so we would encourage y'all if you uh, would be so uh, kind to join us, and we certainly would love for people if you would uh, to subscribe to us. I I don't usually say these things. I very rarely do. But to subscribe and, and all that and just come along with us and enjoy serving the Lord all the way to heaven. Because one of these days, the Lord going to come back after the church. He surely enough is. And that's something we can hope in, folks. And um, so without further ado, I hope you can have a great weekend. And may the Lord just keep his hand upon you and bless you. In Jesus' name, may God just keep uh, you in uh, his hand. Amen.